Look what you made me do. Look what I made for you. His name is Old Man. Old Man Wayne. I live by the car. I die by the phone. Old Man. Old Man Wayne. Old Man. I'm about to do something terrible. Welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. I'm here with Superwalk Harvey and Brandon Norton. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing today? Yo, cool. Bo, offer some curry omelets. I'm always happy when I get to talk to y'all. I would like to do it more. Although we've been we've been good the last three weeks, though. Yeah, consistent, consistent, consistent. It always makes me smile. Makes me very happy. You guys have no idea. Finally, Loki season two is over. We've seen what uh, his glorious purpose is. Uh, I think Brandon might have been the most excited about this. So, Brandon, why don't you kick us off with this? Um, I thought the show was fantastic. I think. I see, a, you know, YouTube, everybody, I, I listen to a lot of YouTube videos about this type of stuff, watch a lot of YouTube videos about this type of stuff. And oftentimes I try to listen to pe- watch people who have different not, opinions, not like trash opinions, but like they don't just do the clickbait stuff. You know what I mean? Like everybody will have the same clickbait title for something when it comes out. Uh, but with this one, I, for some reason, I've seen everyone say, did Loki save the MCU? Did the Loki season two save the MCU? And Loki season two was fantastic. But this idea that the MCU was dead is like something that people are like manifesting. It's like if I say it enough, people believe it. And then and then I do this thing. Like, we'll, I mean, I guess at some point we'll talk about the Marvels in their box office lack of success. But how but I don't think that's an indication of the saving the MCU. But the first, but the first part of that question, because I don't think the MCU needed saving. But if the MCU did needing did need saving, Loki was of quality enough to save something that needed saving, even though it didn't need saving. <laughs> so to say that, so that show was fucking fantastic. It did the thing where every episode made you want to see the next episode, and every episode made you have questions about what's happening, even the finale. Right, there's a lot of people who think they know what's going on, and they may be right, but you don't actually know what's going on. I had a couple issues with Loki. It was a lot of techno babble, but it's just like, uh, you know, timey wimey explanation, fake science stuff that like can take a lot of people out of it. So I can see some people checking out, being like, "Yo, what the fuck are they talking about? All this shit with these, uh, the all these different time instruments and shit like that," and then. I think that the show, I think Marvel, Marvel's usually good on um, quality control, but I th- and maybe um, maybe old man can explain this because, you know, even he reads more comic books than me, but like, is the MCU have multiple timelines and multiple Earths or are the multiple timelines other Earths, like other universes? Like, are, or are people calling them another universe, but they're actually another timeline? Because when we watched Doctor Strange, 
He's like, oh, we're going to universe 838, and you guys were in universe 616, right? So like he was saying different universes, but when you watch Loki, they are talking about timelines, like branch timelines. You got branch. So are they branch timelines on every Earth, and every Earth has the t- different branches? Or like, I'm very, that thing is very confusing to me. Like, are they separate? Because even in the last season, even in the, this is the last thing I'll say, in the second to last scene of Loki, I mean, the last scene in the TVA of Loki, uh, Hunter B-16 comes up to Mobius, and they say, and Mobius says, uh, are we keeping a check on the Kang variants? And Mobius says, yeah, we just, they just had one on Earth 616, but they took care of it. That's basically referring to Ant-Man, Quantumanium. They basically took care yeah. of that, that Kang, right? So he now he's saying Earth 616. So is that a different, is that a branch timeline you get what i'm saying like i'm very confused about that but outside of that i really love the show i thought the character work was fantastic the acting was unbelievable i thought the the anticipation that it built was great and they said the showrunner said they're not doing a season three that was it and i thought that was a great two seasons show story yeah it ended really well um which is surprisingly unique for like mcu shows on disney plus um, but yeah, I agree with everything you said as far as like your 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 general review of how it went. Um, and I think I think it did an important thing. I think it solidified Loki as a central figure in the MCU. And like if you read like Marvel comics, especially like anything involving the Avengers, anything major, it it either starts with Loki or Loki ends up somewhere in the end most of the time. So, and he's not always necessarily a, a bad guy, right? Like, um, he just makes a lot of stupid decisions because he can't be trusted. Um, I think his character growth throughout both seasons um, just was some of the best we've seen um, ever in a Marvel property. And that's within a property that has a lot of good character growth um, among, among a bunch of movies. Uh, and it's, 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 I give them kudos, right? Because, again, we talk about this on other episodes. When you get into time travel, things can get really weird. And it almost seemed like they were losing grip plot at times. But the way that Alonso and Nelly pulled everything together, literally and figuratively, right, like, was just good. And I, and I really want to see – I don't think this is the end of Loki in general. Um, I, well, I hope not because he's keeping the timelines – together at this point, right? Like, his influence somehow needs to be felt throughout the future of the MCU until, you know, things change. So I'm curious to see how they integrate that. Um, And again, like, I think you talked about this um, in the last episode, Brandon, that, you know, Disney has a um, Jonathan Majors problem. And the way this ended, it could have solved that problem if anything happens in regards to having to get rid of him as as someone that's part of the MCU. So... No, all in all, it did what it needed to do, and I'm excited, man, about the future. Uh, what do y'all think about the character development of Loki since he's been, like, now, I guess, the god of stories, something that he was or is in the comic books and how, like, in the um idea of how he created the world, he turned the, uh, the loom, instead of using a loom, he made it, like, a world tree. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, the only really? way you can... I think that's the only way... Oh, go ahead, sorry. No, no, you go, you go. 
No, I'm saying like the issue with the loom originally was you cannot grow at, you cannot grow in conjunction with infinity, right? Like there's no way to yeah. quantify that. So um the only I mean, other than life itself, you know, a tree with branches, literally, you could, you know, given his godlike powers at this point, you could have an infinite amount of branches coming off of that. Um and I think that it, that's what I thought about oh man. Loki's transitioning into the god of stories in the comics. Again, like he's become, or his his position as the prime Avenger, right? Um, Loki has become, you know, if not the most most influential character in the general Marvel cosmos universe multiverse, right? He's top five at least. Um, so I think this is a good way to like signify that connection to the comic books. Yeah, but I'm wondering how much connection this is actually going to have. Like, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Because they, in order for this to work, they're going to have to reference this in a movie, right? Because the movie audience generally is so much larger than the, not so much larger per se, but yeah, it is larger, but also different than the TV audience, right? Than the TV series audience, right? So if they just expect everyone to see this, to know about this when they are going deeper into these branch timelines and things in the next couple of years, they're going to have to reference it somewhere. Like I know that they were, I know that the TVA is supposed to be in Deadpool three to some extent. I don't know if it's going to be Loki or if it's going to be Mobius or, or just some random hunters, but to some extent the TVA is going to be in Deadpool three. I think Deadpool three is going to be their biggest movie that they've had in a long time. Particularly mm-hmm. because as of right now, and we'll get to this when we get to the Marvels more details, but as of right now, that is the only movie on the schedule for 2024. That's it. Just one for the entire year 2024 is Deadpool 3. So from November of now, from now, November 2023 until July 2024, there's no movies, no Marvel movies. And then after that, there's no movies until January. So when they were saying the MCU was overexposed, it's about to be underexposed and is Deadpool coming back that movie is going to be huge and so I think they need to reference this the to some extent do some exposition about what happened in Loki in that movie with that huge audience so that they under people can understand going forward what the hell is going on I think I think that I I, I think that's a good thing I think they will um I mean, it's obvious they are slowing down, um, which I think gives the audience some time to get over whatever fatigue they have when it comes to the MCU, right? But I don't think that means they're going to slow down in general. I think we're going to see a lot of, I think we're going to see a lot of movement um, with Disney Plus and their other properties on building, um, building lore, kind of testing out storylines. I think that's how I, I, I I anticipate that's how they're gonna use um, their IP because I think they have a lot of these a lot of these actors are on contract, so they got to do something with them. Um, so, and I think honestly, I'm excited about that direction because I feel like they have a lot more flexibility when it comes to what they put out in the MCU and the Disney Plus stuff, especially now that we're gonna be getting some mature content. Like, I'm really excited about the future uh, of this franchise because of because oh. of these moves. Oh man, what do you think about their? their alternate universe timeline 
explanation? Like, what do you think is happening? What do you mean? Are there alternate universes? Is it just branch timelines? Is it a branch timelines? Alternate universes? Is it both? Like, uh, what the hell my, is going on? To my understanding, that branch timelines and alternate realities is the same thing because all it is is switching one part of a like when something happens, and the way I looked at it is like the way they talk about the exiles. When something happens, something branches off, and when it branches off, you create a new timeline. So my assumption is that it's all just a new timeline. Whenever whenever something different happens, you just branch into a new timeline. A new timeline is created. Um, when you go back and um, it's and they kind of did this in the well, like a season series finale when they showed um the branches moving. There's a theory in the in Marvel comics that the time stream is alive and the more you fuck with it, the more it's the more you damage it. So it's, I'm wondering whether or not that's something they're going to get into. Like why were the branches moving? Like, was it because it's now the world tree and like Loki was doing something with it or is this, or is that just way too complicated for people to watch in it? But it, all it, all branches are just, it's just timelines, timelines and branches. It's just fancy words of a different way of saying the same thing. So when America and Doctor Strange were opening up those portals, right? She was basically doing what the TVA does with their little gun that opens those orange doors, just differently. Is what you're saying? That would be my um. That would be the way I think about it. But Javi knows okay. way more about um America Chavez and what she does than I do. Yeah, and it's not it's not a one to one. Um, you know, nothing is a one to one. Um. Uh. Uh, parallel to what happens in the comic books, but I would say that um, the first episode of Loki season one, I think it was the first episode, kind of explained it when Loki saying, "What about the Avengers? You know, they altered the timeline. Why aren't they? Why aren't they getting pruned?" And they said, "Well, that's part of the plan." So there's no, no there is a sacred timeline, but within that sacred timeline, it allows for you know, you know, certain certain incursions into different timelines or creations of multi, multi uh, multiverses or whatever so I don't think that kind of I don't think that goes against uh, signifies some type of like issue with the storytelling also when it comes to time travel you can pretty much say anything's possible because it's time travel it's kind of like the power cosmic that's the only explanation you need it doesn't it doesn't have to make sense sometimes so, oh man, is Captain Marvel the next topic? Uh, yeah, but I'm um, also just wanted to, to rec- um, Javi, if you were gonna, because like for me, it's the exiles. If anybody wants a good explanation on alternate realities, uh, read the first uh fifty, read the first I think seventy three issues of the exiles. It'll explain everything perfectly and how timelines and secret wars and everything that. Yeah, that was that was gonna be the next thing I was gonna say. With, yeah. I was gonna, yeah, my next thing I was gonna be like, um, Javi, what would you recommend? So I guess you're going with um. Secret Wars, yeah, yeah. Which one? There's there's multiple ones, so you got to let them know which one it is, though. Oh, the 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 most recent one that involves God Doom, um, you know, in the incursion events that happened prior to that as well. It, at least it gives a good exp. It, it tries to give a good explanation of the Marvel multiverse. Um. So yeah, I think that works. Uh, Brandon, you have any recommend recommendations if someone wanted to learn more about the time? Uh, how the time stream works. Uh, the most recent Kang series, when okay. Kang is 
trying to redeem himself and he's dealing with his younger son. Like it's the whole thing that goes to all these different times. But I wanted to segue because it's related to this because in the Marvels, spoilers for anybody who's listening, um, Darben basically blasts the hole to another universe, right? So like, is that another timeline? Like that's so essentially that's just another, it's just interchangeable. Like that's why I was very confused because like she blasted a hole in space time to another universe, which looked like an incursion to me. Like that seemed like an incursion to me. Uh, so from and, and that's the thing. Wars. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that's why time travel makes these make it, it helps it make sense if you think about it in a certain way. So everything that happens in a TVA isn't affected by time, right? Time doesn't work the same way in the TVA as it does outside of the TVA. So all these moments we're seeing in Loki can, can be happening, right, concurrently right. to all these, or or even before, like, the, the moments, like, the events, things that happen in Loki could possibly affect things that happened before Iron Man, right? Because, right. It, so essentially, it doesn't really matter. It, it does make sense that now we have the destruction of the loom, right? we're starting to see stories that involve these timelines, right? And it seems like these timelines have always existed. But again, it's time, it's time travel. So yes, even though these moments to us just happened in Loki season two and, and in season one, it essentially always happened because that's the new timeline. Well, it, technically yes and technically no, only because the thing about the timeline being infinite is like even the smallest thing can make a new timeline. Something as simple right. as me going by being named Mark and calling, uh, being named Wade and calling himself the old Mark um, show. You know what I mean? The old man Mark right. show. Like it, something like that simple can like can create a new branch because that starts other things. So it's time travels funky. Yeah. That's and those funny. branches, according to Loki, those branches didn't exist because Kang got rid of all of them. So we were, we had a secret timeline, but there's the events of the Loki show essentially created the multiverse is what they want us to believe mm-hmm. is when sylvie killed kane that messed that changed everything and then this season loki was trying to fix it and then they realized i can't fix this because it's just growing infinitely infinite earth i mean that's a dc thing but infinite earth and so i'm going to handle it differently where he built that tree but those are still branch timelines right it's not it's, there's no more sacred timeline there's no more no. one timeline. It's no. a bunch of branches now. Yep, yep. That's it. Yeah. From now on, or it always has been, is the question. Damn, time travel hurts my head. <laughs> okay, old man, we can go to the marbles. Sorry. Well, that that was bringing right to it. Like, what you um, what did y'all think? We can get into the their the other stuff later. But what did y'all think of the marbles? I enjoyed that movie. I thought Iman Vellani is a star, like an actual real live star that can like drive this MCU thing going forward because her energy jumps off the screen. Like you can tell she's like a fangirl, like in real life. I mean, obviously she writes the comic books, the Miss Marvel comic books now. Like she's an actual Marvel stan. And it was almost like on the show, it was almost like in the movie, it was her. Like not Miss Marvel, like she was. It was almost like I get to be in a movie with Tiana Paris and Brie Larson doing Marvel shit. This is so cool, and then like that was her character as well. So it was like very authentic, 
uh, in that sense. Um, I thought the movie was a bit rushed. Um, it was under two hours, which is short for a Marvel movie uh, in recent years. So I thought it was a bit condensed. Um, but I thought the so I thought there were some things that could have been expounded upon a little bit better. But I thought the the shortness of it made it fast paced enough that you can just enjoy it as like an old school like action like fun action flick, which is kind of what I took it was. It's not in the top tier of Marvel movies to me, but it's in that next tier. So like if I had five tiers, it would be in tier two of the Marvel movies, not in the tier one. Um, but it's it's by no means a bad or average movie. It's an above average film. With some issues, my biggest issue is Nick Fury, to be quite honest, because it his character makes no sense in this movie. If you watch Secret Invasion, like it just makes no sense. Like he just had the biggest losses of his life, like on the planet, like with this with the scrolls taking over, with them, with the president firing at him, with all that shit that happens, and then. He's just up in space having a great time being like a jokester, right? But then I thought about it. That's Nick Fury. Then I thought, well, no, it's not Nick Fury. It's not supposed to be Nick Fury. But but then I realized what actually happened. So this movie was supposed to come out when Ant-Man came out. They got swapped. So it was supposed to be the Marvels when Ant-Man Quantumanium and Ant-Man Quantumanium was supposed to come out with the Marvels. Which if you watch the Loki series and they bring up what happened with Ant-Man in the finale, it makes perfect sense that they would bring that up the day, the Thursday, the same day that the Marvels came out, right? Like, it would make perfect sense that they brought that up. And it would make perfect sense for Nick Fury to act, because we knew he was on space since, we knew he was in space since whatever that other movie was, when we saw him in space, when he was looking at the beach. Was that Spider-Man post credit scene? Whatever that was, when he was in space, right? Having a good time. So it would make sense that Nick Fury was this jovial person before Secret Invasion. And then he had, because we know in Secret Invasion, he came down from the Saber Station. So it would make sense if this happened before Secret Invasion. And then Secret Invasion, he had to come down from the Saber Station and deal with all that shit on Earth that was dark and depressing. And he wouldn't be this jovial character. So when I thought I, about that I and how they had to change it, it made sense. I vehemently disagree because like Nick Fury can't really show any emotions in a situation that he like he is. Like Nick Fury always has to be like he has to be Nick Fury. And when he wasn't, that's when things really got fucked up in like secret in like secret invasion. And I get your point. Like, you know what I mean? Like this the way things the flip-flop, because it did seem strange to me as well. But like the Nick Fury that we've seen in the MCU is the Nick Fury that we saw on the space station, the one that's supposed to be kind of like doesn't really let things phase him, just kind of like moves on to the next thing. And just like, you know, because like he has to be that he has to be on. He he's essentially like Cyclops without powers. But no matter what happens, he still has to be um Nick um Nicholas J. Fury. He always has to be that guy. He he can't really be anything else but that because if he is like the world could end. And when he wasn't, the world did almost end. the world did almost end. So I thought it made sense that he went back to just being kind of jovial and talking, especially considering that's what Kamala Khan needed. Like he she she needed somebody who was gonna be unlike Carol Danvers, uh Carol Danvers, because she like, you know, she didn't he didn't know how Monica Rambeau was gonna react in that situation. She's not she's field tested, but she's not like space field tested. So I understand your point. I just really disagree with 
But um, also, also, Mark, they when they cleared that um, in Secret Invasion, this is how I know. This is how I know for a fact it was supposed to be that way because when they cleared that in Secret Invasion, uh, Ben Middleton's character said something about a colony being destroyed, and that's why we had a million mm. scrolls come to Earth. Remember, mm-hmm. and it's gonna first like a million scrolls. Like, you ain't tell me about a million scrolls coming to earth. Like, they had that big conversation about that. And in this movie, we see that colony getting destroyed and those scrolls having to get displaced. Right? Oh, no, so, I'm, like, not, we... I'm not disagreeing with the yeah. idea of um I'm not disagreeing that that the this the the movies are switched. I agree with that. I'm just yeah. I'm just um commenting on Nick Fury's personality. Uh, okay. nah. yeah, yeah, but I agree with what you're saying about like the way the timelines are like way uh the show kind of got to like kind of got messed like switched up because of whatever the muck was going on you know what i mean that i agree it was about. v it was the v it Bro. was the visual effects they delayed yeah. it cuz they said the effects weren't good this movie so you just you you two just brought up something that just i i'm sitting here just contemplating life what life would be like if secret wars came out after this movie like I feel like things would have been so much better. Like the story would have made so much more sense. Like yes. the fact, like it, and it's so disappointing. Like I don't even understand why they didn't do that. Like why? It, why? What was the rush? Like I don't get the I don't get the the mentality behind that decision. Like the, we would have been the audience would have been way more invested in the scrolls, right? The fact that yes. and I know we're getting off topic, but yo, this bothers me so much. The fact that now, okay, so I'm like, all right, so now we have a character that's more powerful than Captain Marvel, who at that point was out here like destroying whole ships by herself, right? But then in this movie, in the Marvels, we saw a powerful Carol Danvers, but we saw characters that challenged her strength, right? That she didn't look as like unstoppable as she usually does. And I think that would have made more sense when we're looking at the super scrolls, like, okay, we have these types of creatures out in this universe, whatever, whatever, right? Like, so it, things would have been so much freaking, yo, this, this was a DC, this was a DCEU level dumb move on Marvel's it part. And it, it, it's aggravating. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. I had to they could have just switched off. the Disney Plus shows they had it ready. So, like, the Marvels got switched because the visual effects weren't done. I, I, I looked this up actually yesterday or the day before because I was like, I was just thinking like, this didn't make any sense. So I looked it up and I was like, oh, now this makes sense. So like, this was supposed to come out way back when Ant-Man came out. And the visual effects, like six months before then, they realized the effects weren't going to be done in time. And Ant-Man was way ahead of schedule. So they switched them. They switched the Marvels and Ant-Man, but they kept the Disney Plus schedule the same. And so... It, this would have made sense coming after Secret Invasion, and then watching the Loki finale, they bring up Ant Man because Ant Man was supposed to come out this month. Like it totally makes sense how they had it originally planned, but switching that is exactly what Javi said. Without switching any Disney Plus series, completely messed up the not messed not completely messed up, but it it took away from the potential of all the things involved. And I think that's what they're realizing. Like every issue I think people had with these with, with Disney, I think it has a lot to do with them feeling this need to rush things out. And I know they have stock they they have stockholders to please or whatever, but yo, sacrifice a little of that for quality, right? Right? Like I'm glad looking at what the Marvels ended up being, like the Marvels may be honestly 
one of my favorite Marvel movies because it's fun, right? It's it's bright, it's colorful, right? It's a it 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 has moments that I'm like, damn, how did they do that? Like those that low key, it might have some of the best fight choreographed. I can't even say the word. It might have some of the best fight scenes we've seen outside of Winter Soldier, right? Like the way that they they implemented those switch. I'm just thinking about them filming these scenes with them constantly switching and how they pulled that off. And again, this and 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 I'm gonna say that this is some of the best special effects we've seen because I didn't even really notice a lot of the special effects. And that's when you know that your special effects team went in and had the time to really polish things, right? So like I'm 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 happy about these delays, man. I'm and I'm, I'm hoping that it avoids them making similar mistakes with how they how they how they uh the timeline with the Secret Wars show in this movie. So man what'd you think I'm excited. Okay. I thought it was the best I thought it was the best comic book movie I've seen all year. Period. Yeah, yeah I, I'm even gonna go. I I don't know if I said this in the group chat or whatever, but I was just like, it's the, it's honestly the best um comic book movie I've seen in years. Like I I loved every yeah. every single minute of it. I love that they could get deep without it being like overly depressing. I love that they could have emotional moments without it being like extra sappy, considering that it is an extra sappy character. I like that mm-hmm. uh Iman Vellani can be her. I like that they have essentially let everyone know, like, hey, she's the next big thing. Like this is what we're doing with with you. You are going to lead us into the future, and I love that because that's exactly what she should be. And um, this movie really should have been called Captain. Mar- it should have been called Miss Marvel and her sidekicks. <laughs> you know, I, I you guys you said that before. I got a chance to watch it, and I get it. I think she. I think I think the eye was pulled to her for multiple reasons, right? In a lot of ways, just her exuberance. Um, generally excited. She looks generally, gen- genuinely excited to play this role. But I wouldn't. I necessarily wouldn't call that because I think the, it was such a well-written movie that all three characters had an important part to play. I'm exaggerating. Right? I'm exaggerating. I'm not- saying like like <laughs> that. So like, but like yeah. because honestly, like Tiona Paris in a way, like she just was just unapologetic, an unapologetic black woman. Like when she, they were on that um that island that was like mostly water, and she's sitting there eating her food and like dancing. I'm like, like that's some hood. That's some like that's some black shit. Like when you're just kind of like, I'm just gonna vibe and eat my food right now and have my two drinks in my hand. Like I thought I was like that was super fucking cool. I like that she was everything you wanted to be. And like then not being not seeing the sacrifice coming because this is one of those moments where we're like, oh, um, they didn't Ant Man themselves when like it looked like the stakes were high. And like Ant Man state went back and saved himself and like um sacrificed himself and then only for someone to come back and go, Oh, we got you. It was like that was fucking stupid. Like there were actual consequences to everything. Like like people died. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that's yeah. another problem. And I know people are gonna go, Oh, another another villain died and Marvel and blah blah blah. I'm like, yo, it's a nobody villain. No one cares about this villain. She was great, but in the grand scheme of things, no one cares. Like, you know what I mean? No one's gonna be up in arms because um, her husband. Her husband runs the timelines now, so she's all right. Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> Loki. Loki. We have. To... Go ahead. Oh, my bad, man. No, I didn't mean cut you off. No, you're good. I think we have to do it like at least a one minute on. This is the lowest opening Marvel movie in history by like a lot, like a whole lot, right? And now part of that is the strikes, right? So like the actors weren't able to do the press tours because they were on strike, so they weren't able to market this film. Um. 
as a normal film would be marketed. But like this opened 40 million less than the pandemic movies. This opened 30 million less than Black Widow, which was during the pandemic, right? So like it's concerning to that extent. I think part of it is there might be a little superhero fatigue, maybe. Two, I don't think a whole lot of people liked Captain Marvel, the first movie. I don't think a lot of people liked that movie. People don't like Captain Marvel. People didn't like Miss Marvel. People don't like uh, women superheroes. There's a lot that goes into this, man. Like there's, there's well, there is, there's that, but this is, but this is bigger than that, right? Because that would mean the number would be like low, but it wouldn't be this low because there've been other women superheroes, there've been other people of color in movies with roles. So it's it has to be more than that. Never all of it together, though. Like it's rare that you get a lot of this stuff all together, especially when you have a character. Because, like, like you said, people didn't like Miss Marvel. Well, I'm Captain Marvel. I like Captain Marvel. Like, I, I'm one of those people who would die on the hill that Captain Marvel was a good movie. Like, I'll die on that hill. Like, I thought it was because I was great. Um, but I also understand that some, like the, uh, the go, you know, the what's what's the uh, what's our favorite uh, group hobby? The go woke or go broke dudes. Like you know, a lot of those, a lot of those dudes specifically didn't go see this movie because of that, and I and I'm a hundred percent sure they're gonna, they're going to point at this and go, see, this is what happens. Marvel needs to listen to us and blah blah blah, like that kind of shit. Like I see the <laughs> the stuff that I see from people online and like in like, oh, Marvel needs though their couple of pennies from the comic books. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, but this is it. I, do I think this opening is concerning? No, not even a little bit. I don't really. It's it was a low opening. Like I said, it's an all woman cast. Like all, not even just the heroes. the The villain is a cast, and my and um, shout out to Diddy pointed out that the director is a black woman. So like, there's a lot of strikes against them because people, you know, you know, people going people. Um, I I don't I don't think it's as complicated as people are making it out to be. I think that I don't I didn't see a lot of buzz about this movie. I wasn't really hyping it up. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't want to see it, but. I was I had a lot of shit going on like and I think a lot of people there's a war going on two countries right like you know the winter's coming like there's a bunch of things that's happening (laughs) the winter is coming um no but (laughs) and I think again you know there's there's a strike there wasn't a lot of marketing all this stuff but I am not concerned one because we look at the DCEU they lived through a bunch of flops, and they kept going. You think the you think Mar- DC, Disney Marvel is gonna stop making these movies if this if this movie flops? I doubt it um, strongly, but I do see a lot of strong word of mouth. Right? It 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 reminds me of movies that may have not been as well promoted or people didn't know about. They didn't have that strong of an opening, but as the time goes on, it starts growing and growing, and you see those numbers rise. I want to see the global box office as well, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of cross market appeal with like, um, you know, Asian audiences especially. So no, I I, I think this movie is actually at the end of the day, I think this movie is going to make a lot. It's not going to be anywhere near the top of the MCU, but I think it's still going to. The make audience more score, than... the audience score is really good. The people like the movie. Like everyone's pretty much like us. Yeah. Most people who went and saw the movie. But like the previous movie that got this type of open, like where people said I wasn't really into it, I didn't care that much about it, and people did claim they didn't like it was Eternals, right? 
everybody that's what people were saying about the Eternals. I didn't like the movie. It was too um this and that. Yo, we also was... need to have a really honest conversation about about the Eternals. Like that movie in general, because I the way people talk about it is befuddling. Yes. It's befuddling to me. But <laughs> at the same time, the Eternals opening was double of this movie. So with all the negative things they said about the Eternals, it was double. So I think I think it's concerning to the extent of I do think they need to slow down a little bit. I think they need yeah. to slow down and make people want it. And I think what they're doing with Dead next year, it's I'm going to be upset as a nerd who goes to see all these movies because I want to see movies. To only have one MCU movie, MCU movie in the whole year is going to make me a little sad as a nerd. But if I think about like the the just a general superhero fan to have to wait nine months until the next movie and know that's the only one you're going to get, it's going to make that such an event in July. It's going to be such an event. I can't wait till somebody asks me, like, oh, what are you going to write about now that there's going to be no movies? I'm like, y'all realize <laughs> comic books still come out every week, right? <laughs> like, it's like, this shit don't affect, <laughs> like, this shit don't affect me, dog. Like, I'm fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but... I I like the movie. I I if I had I'm gonna go back and I'm I'm gonna go see it again before I really give it a real rating because I was just super excited by everything that was that was happening. Um, and since we talk about excitement, how'd y'all feel about the um, Ed Credit scene? I mean, they put Hank McCoy in it. I, mean, I don't know why they had to put Hank McCoy in the movie. Your disdain, I mean, away from the movie your for disdain me. for Hank McCoy is one of my favorite things. Like I could, your your hatred for Hank McCoy could real could literally feed me for weeks. Do I trust Hank McCoy to work with Monica? Fuck no. No. <laughs> no. I don't want Monica anywhere near Hank McCoy. Yo, keep yo, keep yo, keep um Monica Ram matter of fact, no. Keep all black women away from Hank McCoy. Hank keep McCoy. anybody I like away from Hank McCoy. Yo, I don't Hank know McCoy what the fuck he's gonna do. Hank McCoy shouldn't be allowed to watch Coming to America. Hank McCoy shouldn't be allowed to watch Martin. He shouldn't be able to listen to Jodeci. Like he's like you know he shouldn't even say the word cookout. I did enjoy seeing Lashana Lynch find ass in a super suit. Oh my god, that was nice. Yo, she's she's some she's some something special. And then seeing like I'm just waiting for the for the behind shot of uh, Monica and um binary. Yeah, the way the way I was stretching my neck throughout that movie every time she was on on scene, bro. <laughs> Yo, I was like, I, I wish I had four D vision, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yo, Tiana Paris was, was and I mean this in the most respectful way possible. She was looking like a fucking snack. Bro, did you time. watch uh the Tyrone movie on Netflix, old man? Not yet. I keep forgetting to, but I need to. Oh uh, yeah, you should see her in that. You should see her in that. Uh, can we do five quick minutes on Invincible really quickly? Um, Javi, if you're with it, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Okay. I got a question, old man, because you love this kind of book. I, I wholeheartedly believe it is the greatest comic book series of all time. They got to change the Amber character in the TV show, right? They can't do that when they were swapped her. Uh, that, that, that scene is still going to happen. You think so? I... I a hundred percent. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact because she's black. Um, and I think what I what I've noticed with Invincible is they're changing a lot of stuff that was problematic in the comic mm-hmm. book. And I think that the idea of um women getting abused is sometimes, especially now with like that dickhead in Charlotte 
on the Hornets, like, you know, basically like acting like it was a joke. Yeah. That he, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a it's a topic that needs to be um to be brought up because domestic violence is really a thing that I don't when I say highlighted, I need I mean, it needs to be. It's a topic that needs to be discussed because it is something that happens. It's a disgusting thing that people do. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like you hear these people like, oh, protect, protect black women, but you're not protecting black women. Like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason I don't, only reason I can see it not happening is because the, the dude she ends up hooking up with was in season one and it kind of looks like they're moving away from it, but who knows if that's actually going to happen or not. Um, I will say, like I said, I think it will happen. I think even that, um, uh, the, the scene that's going to like make everybody on the internet lose their minds. That's also going to happen because with the Nissa, it, I think it has, to, <laughs> I, I think it has to happen because it's, it's important to, it, again, it's another important thing that happened. Like, you know what I mean? That happens to men too. And I don't think they had like the, I, I made a comparison to what they did with the, that infamous Starlight in the boys scene. Yeah. How they changed that in the boys, right? But I think that was generally problem that was just problematic on its face in yes, the right. Not at the time, but especially nowadays, you know, it makes sense why they changed that. As far as the two moments that we're talking about and Invincible, I think even in the comic book, the way it was addressed and talked about isn't as problematic. Right, so I think that it's very possible because you see the concept, you see the real consequences of those those moments, and how mm. they affect people, and how they affect the victims, and all this other stuff. So I think that you know it it'd be an awesome opportunity to show that. I think you know I agree um, if they do it in a respectful way. And I that's the um the other thing, Javi. Thank you for bringing that up because like it has to be done tastefully. And the there's a scene in in, in episode two of Invincible when mark was supposed to marry that um the queen and yeah. they switched that up and i like the way they switched it up because she was because it was like oh you got to go down there and get married and then when they get down there she was like married she goes oh no we got rid of those barbaric things and i was like oh cool that was smart because who, like that was kind of stupid to begin with and but there was like oh but like you still owe us a debt like you know what i mean so they are they're aware of their audience they're aware of um, I don't want to say mistakes were made, but I just think that like sometimes in Invincible, uh, there were products of the time. Like you know what I mean. Like the, um, William made a joke about not being flown anymore, and because we haven't seen it in the comic book, but it, but they didn't make the joke because he came out. Why he's not going to do it? He just did it because like they made a joke because it's like I'm too busy to fly you anymore. Like you know what I mean. So they're right. rectifying a lot of stuff that were mistakes in Invincible, and I think it's super dope because like these are moments that you didn't really need and one of the things the one because there is no such thing as i think perfection when it comes to comic books and one of the things that i'm noticing with invincible the comic book and comparing it to the tv series is there was a lot of i don't want to say filler but there were a lot of unnecessary moments in there but i also think a lot of it had to do with invincible not being on like a major like you know what i mean like it's not is it image they're on image right um, yeah, image, image, image book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Image wasn't making Boku money. I don't. I still don't think they make. They're not making Marvel and DC money. You know what I mean? So. No. Well, it depends. But you got to remember, they had Spawn. So they yeah. had they had a number of, of especially in like the the thing with them is that the artist retains ownership, the writer retains ownership. 
Okay. Which so which is get, super dope. Yeah. Um, but like that's that's also not necessarily a problem, but that also means that like they're probably not gonna get the funding that like a proven thing like Spawn was. But you could tell when Invincible started getting real funding because the story got better, the artwork got better, the um color the colors got better. There was a lot of things that improved with that because they had the funding. And you're seeing that now with Invincible, the show, because it's like, oh, we have we have real money. We have Amazon money now. Cool. So we can do all the things we wanted to do. And they're doing it. And I and I fucking oh, love man, it. Do you, do you know who was the who you know who was playing the, the Queen Fish? Uh was that um Tatiana Maslani? Yeah. <laughs> they wasted her on that. <laughs> I was there, yeah. I was I was hoping she was gonna be Anissa. I do have a question for you guys. What's that? Are we gonna get are, when when it comes to Invincible? Before we move on, what are the chances that we get that very unexpected um, cameo moment? I think oh zero. Uh um. I don't think we get a full cameo, but I do think we get something. I hope we do, bro. Like that would be, I, I that would, oh, man. I, I, I'm hoping. I think we're more likely to get a cameo with if the boys diabolical people, someone from that universe. Yeah, and uh, if they can still make the same, and um, Invincible can still make that same joke about like the name, but like you're, y'all call y'all are called the boys. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? He can still make that oh, same joke. Yeah, we can get that the, the opportunity. I think um, a lot of memes and internet discussions. Who would win in a fight between Homelander and Invincible? Um, this Invincible Homelander wins. In this in this universe, Homelander wins. I think because this this Mark Grayson is kind of a punk. Can I do what I'm reading and watching? Because I had to drop in three minutes for a meeting. Uh yeah, that's cool. Give it to us. All right, I'm reading Transformers. Hey, it's fucking awesome. I never read Transformers before, like ever. I've heard people talk about it, but I've never read it. And so I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And, and I love it so far. Um, I it's think they're be doing the, an I'm excellent right job. Now, it's good. The Energon universe is going to be the talk, there's going to be the talk of the comic book world um, next year. Yeah, like the, I'm so into it. And G.I. Joe. Books haven't even come yet, and that's in the same universe. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine how they're going to integrate. Can you imagine if they got GI Joes inside of Transformers, like in a fight? Like what? That'd it's be gonna, so absurd. That's going to happen. And it's funny because it's being written by the same person who the Energon universe is being created by the same person who did Invincible. And the person did Invincible, yeah. So in Transformers, there's only two issues. So if you guys listening want to catch up, there's only two issues, so it's pretty easy for you to catch up on that. And then I started watching For All Mankind on Apple Plus uh, because I just love Apple Plus. And this is basically a retelling. It's like a, it's kind of like sci-fi, but it's basically like retelling history. And so the main plot point of the show, because I'm only like three episodes in, but the main plot point of the show is what if Russia got to the moon first before us? Like how would that change things in our like in our life, in our lifetime? And so it has been very interesting already because they're like, they almost gave up on the program. Then they end up getting there. And then the arms race just keeps going. Like in real life, we stopped, right? Like 
everybody went to the moon between 1968 and 1974, I think, in 1973, and we haven't been back to the moon since. It was just like, we won. All right. Fuck it. <laughs> we won. And no one else is going exist. to the moon. Because the moon no one else exist. is going to the moon. Okay. Here we go. Conspiracy <laughs> weight. No, and I'm, so, kind of I'm kidding. It, it, I am absolutely, I am absolutely kidding. Oh, movie. you watched it, Javi? Uh, I definitely watched. It. I love alternate history, and that's alternate history mixed with with science, like heavy science. Um, and, and it's in the universe where, where 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 nerds are. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, it's great. It's a great show. Yeah, so that's definitely, that. So. I definitely second that recommendation. I wanted to bring that up, but I got to drop. I love y'all. Love y'all too, man. Yo, uh, Javi, 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 uh, what are you watching? What are you reading? Um, So, I don't even remember what I put on the docket. Let me see here. Well, I know you said you're, I know, well, I know for a fact you're reading Thanos. Oh, yeah. Thanos number one. So, yeah, Thanos is back. Let's go, go back there. Um, You know, we saw him last in Thor. Um, you know, after getting stuck in a black hole, he gets pulled back in time, but it looks like he's back in the regular timeline, causes some chaos, and he's brought he's he's, he's bringing out some of the big guns. So, um, again, the series just started, and he's already pulled a whole city into space. And, um, <laughs> Yo, <yeah>. Thanos, <laughs> hearing Thanos say Fresno is, like, is the, reading Thanos say Fresno is the funniest shit I've seen all year. Yeah. People of Fresno, <laughs> you were just shaft. <laughs> people of Fre- <laughs> it's like he, it's like he's announcing a fucking concert people of yeah. fresno i am thanos and i'm here to rock you yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it looks like we have a team with um a similar compass not i would say um illuminati I mean, adjacent illuminati slash uh uh, uh ultimates right yeah. um with the inclusion of blue marvel um, solid team. Blue Marvel, we have Iron Man, looks like he's wearing I don't know if that's his Mysterium suit or his stealth suit. Um, his wife. Uh, who do we else we have? We have Doctor Strange and Mr. Fantastic. What does she call, uh, what does she call him? Um, Mr. Terrific. What she call him? Mr. Terrific or some shit like that? Mr. Terrific. I don't even remember it, but she didn't she did know who Blue Marvel was, which is pretty cool. Because apparently uh, he has a podcast where he shits on people. <laughs> He's definitely the Neil deGrasse Tyson of that universe. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, so read that. They know it's gonna be good. And um, I'm not really, I'm not really watching much to be honest. Uh, I I can give you what I'm reading. I was actually initially gonna do Transformers, but um, Brandon did that, so I'm actually gonna switch it up. Um, I'm read something I want to recommend that I'm reading. It's a five part miniseries. I think it's a five part miniseries. Uncanny Spider Man. Uncanny Spider-Man has been fantastic. It starred Nightcrawler, who has like a, I guess a, almost like a soul sword, almost like, but it basically like cuts through people's like um, what is it? Cuts through um, like I guess cuts through people's souls, like, but it does more than that. It's like it's light. It's fucking dope. Um, and the person who's been writing Nightcrawler for the last dude, since uh Legion of X has been writing anything involving Nightcrawler ever since and he's been absolutely fantastic from start to finish so i'm all um i'm all for it uh when i'm watching uh the fall of the house of usher i i've heard great things 
I can't say anything bad about it, man. It's been my aunt put me onto it, and she was like, "Yo, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this." So I finally, I finally sat down. I finally watched it, and me and me and Valkyrie loved it. Is like, it horror? Yes, it's oh, horror. Okay. It's horror, a little mystery. Uh, there's a lot of there's a big supernatural aspect to it, and most of the show is based off of. Edgar Allan Poe short stories and poems and stuff like that. Like at one point, there's a there's a huge reference to the Telltale Heart, and I and like I geek the fuck out because I love stuff like that, man. I I love when someone takes classic literature and brings it into the new world. So this is one of the dopest things that I've ever heard someone say in a um in a thing. And he goes, so 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 Harvey, you finish the phrase. When life hands you lemons. Lemonade. Yep. He goes, so he goes, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade? No. First you roll out a multimedia campaign to convince people lemons are incredibly scarce, which only works for you if you stockpile lemons, control the supply, then the media blitz. Lemon is the only way to say I love you. You must have accessories for engagement anniversary. Roses are out, lemons are in. Billboards say she can't have sex with you unless you got lemons. You cut the bears in on it. Limited edition lemon bracelets. Yellow diamonds called lemon drops. You get Apple to call their new operating system OS Lemon. A little accent over the O. You charge 40% more for organic lemons. 50% more for conflict-free lemons. You pack up, You pack the capital of lemon lobbyists. You get the Kardashians to suck a lemon wedge and the leaked sex tape. Timothy Chalamet wears lemon shoes on Canes. Get a hashtag campaign. Something isn't cool. It's or tight. It's or awesome. No, it's lemon. Did you see that movie? Did you see that concert? It was effing lemon. Billie Eilish. OMG. Hashtag lemon. You get Dr. Oz to recommend four lemons a day and a lemon suppository supplement to get rid of toxins because there's no there's nothing scarier than toxins. Then you patent the seeds. You write a line of, of genetic code that makes the lemon look just a little more like tits. And you get a gene patent for the, for the tit lemon DNA sequence. You cross-pollinate. You get those seeds circulating in the wild. And then you sue the farmer for the copyright infringement when the genetic code shows up on their land. Sit back. Rake in millions. And then when you're done and you've sold all your lempire for a few billion dollars, then and only then you make some fucking lemonade. That was that was some of the dopest shit I've ever heard in my fucking life because it explained everything about this fucking world and he's a thousand percent right. The House of Usher is probably the best thing I've seen all year. And so far in order, it's House of Usher, Gen Z, and Gen V, excuse me, House of Usher, Gen V, and Beef. Those are my three favorite shows of the year. But that that fall, of the house of Uther, Uther, uh, the fall of the house of Usher is a clinic in story writing. It's a clinic in horror story writing. It's a clinic in acting. It is absolutely perfection personified, and I highly recommend anybody see it. It's right up there with um, uh, uh, Orphan Black. And the only reason Orphan Black is probably better because Orphan Black went fifty episodes, while Fall of the House of Usher was a miniseries. Wow. Wow, that's <laughs> what I call a review, bro. Like, damn. 
Yeah, I might have to. I might have to download a couple episodes for my 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 flight back to Boston. Please, yo, dog, please do, please do, because I really like your opinion on that. I actually think that we should all, because I'm actually thinking about going back and rewatching it. Oh shit, I forgot about the Last of Us. That's also on my list too. Fuck, the Last of Us might be better. <laughs> um, all right, everybody, this has been the Old Man Way Show. Shout out to Brandon Brandon Orton for doing the show. He had to go run off and do some actual people work that's paying him. Shout out to B Rebel Media, my man Super Bowl Harvey, out in Florida doing his thing thing. B Rebel Media, where can they find you? Be uh, on Instagram. Check us out. Tell me how to spell it because they're not gonna be able to spell it properly. B E R B L underscore media. Yeah, I probably spelled that wrong, but you can trust me. When you click on, when you start typing, it, it's gonna, it's gonna show up. Yeah, it's been doing that lately. Follow, follow the homie, and as always, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace. Fall black. No! Fall black. Fall black. Fall black. Nerd. Fall black. Fall black. Fall black. Damn it, Wade.